Hail and well met, everybody. Welcome to Geek Thyself, a show by nerds, for nerds, who love geeking out over random facts and esoteric trivia. My name is Heather. I'm Russell. And we'll be your hosts for this journey through the wondrous land of information. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Geek Thyself. Hello. Welcome to the tired episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're we're recording at very odd hours for both of us. But... Yeah, I mean, we record at odd hours anyway, but this is even odder hours just because... Well, it's after work for me, and it's after a very long session for you mm-hmm. of D&D, uh, because big milestone things, which are fun. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it was a fun session, but it was it was a lot. <laughs> it was long. So we're just, you know, it's going to be a chill one. And we're going to talk about something happy. Yeah, well, yeah, bees are happy. Oh, bees. I like I like bees too. Like like you, we were discussing earlier. We like bees. We don't like wasps. No, wasps are um, fun. No, wasps are jerks. They they because they, they just sting you for whatever reason. Bees they have to be careful with their stingers because they I I want to say they always die if they use their stinger because yeah. I'm pretty sure I think it like it like when it releases it remove like. They lose vital organs or something. If I, um, but I know that if it's not all the time, it's very likely that if they ever sting you, it's a, um, uh, it it will kill them, which is not fun. Yeah, I'd have to look through our notes more. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, when they sting someone, their stinger actually comes out. It gets stuck. Yes. And that's what kills them because the stinger takes parts of them with it. Yeah, it take. I just looked. At, it takes part of the abdomen and the digestive, digest, digestive tract, uh, plus some muscles and nerves. There we go. Um, yeah, uh, and but honeybees are the only ones that actually die after they sting. Didn't know that, but just honeybees. I didn't either, but that's good to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but either way, all honeys, you know, they they don't. Uh, they don't sting very much. So yeah, we're covering a weird topic um, because we basically had it suggested to us. <laughs> yeah, but honestly, um, I'm okay with it. And the other thing is too, I mean, it's not a topic that we might normally cover, but we've talked about no. weirder stuff. And also, oh, it's somewhat topical because it is May. It is spring. It is. Or it should be. <laughs> it's been okay. really downpoury over here right now. All right, well, it's, like, it's spring weather. in California. Yeah, but how can you tell? (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, fair, depending on where in California you are. Parts of California, the weather doesn't really change all throughout the year. Where I am in Northern California, we actually do have weather. (laughs) Oh, very nice. Uh, I know that when I was in San Francisco... No, yes? Is that where we were? Or is it Sacramento? You, I think you arrived in San Francisco and then stayed at I Tessa and Logan's house, which was in the Sacramento area. Yeah, and then caught my flight the day after because customs made me miss my other flight. Well, to be fair, mm-hmm. it wasn't just customs. The fact that the plane left um, an hour and a half late also made me miss it. But that's why I didn't have to pay for another flight, which is really good. 
So yeah, but I just thought the point was when I was there, there was no weather. It was just hot. You, <laughs> you were also hot. there in the middle of summer. Yeah, but that's when the convention was on, which is two years ago now. I know. <laughs> but we're getting closer and closer to conventions. But yes. I'm, I'm. I just got my second vaccine that... today. Oh, very nice. My arm is sore. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, you don't get hit with the super. Super like lethargy and all that kind of thing. I know that a lot of people have me. Well, at this point, I got the vaccine about twelve hours ago, mm-hmm. and my arm is sore, and that's it. Well, hopefully, you don't have any worse symptoms. I know a couple of my friends uh, who have also got the vaccine have had varying. Like some have just had a headache, and some have had nothing, and then some have basically been knocked on on their butts for mm-hmm. like a couple of days. So it varies quite wildly. My mum was fine. Uh, she had it last week, um, and she she was she was fine. So I still haven't got it. <sighs> Is it still Ow. too restricted over there? Still a little bit too restricted mm-hmm. there. Um, but yeah, that's how it is. But yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> on that tangent, bees. Bees. Yes. So for anyone who doesn't know what a bee is. First of all, have you ever been outside? <laughs> um, I mean, the bees are disappearing. They are becoming endangered. It's sad. Um, it so sad. bees are flying insects. They're mm-hmm. related to wasps and ants. Um, mm-hmm. And they play, what they're most well known for is the role they play in pollination. Because as a whole, bees uh, feed off of flowers and like pollen and nectars and things like that and what they'll do Mm -hmm. is they'll land on a flower and they get the pollen all over themselves while they're in the flower eating and then they take the pollen from that flower to another flower to another flower to another flower over and over again so basically they spread the genetic material from the flower to a bunch of other flowers so that they all can pollinate each other which is I'm Wish I knew more about plants, but I think that is like basic, like plant mating. I think mm-hmm. kind of, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm not the. I don't. I like plants. I like them a lot. I don't know a lot about them. <laughs> so there's, um, mm, I don't remember what all the part names are, but basically inside every flower, there's the stamens that have all the pollen at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about that. And then lower down in the flower is a different. So the pollen is basically like sperm. And then the um, sort of, it's like it's the more male part of the anatomy of the flower. But basically there's the pollen and then there's the female part of the flower. And the bees carry the pollen from one flower to another to another. So the pollen from one flower gets spread to the female reproductive or version organ again i can't remember the names of the parts um in the next flower and so on and so forth so it is basically how the flowers can fertilize each other it's how the flowers can then create fruits if they're on trees and things like that or it's how um they can create seeds and um bees are very 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 vital to this for a lot of different species of Mm -hmm. plants um, they're also very important for it in terms of a lot of fruit trees and things like that. There's a lot of fruit trees where if there is not another tree nearby, 
of the same kind. Like some trees are actually male and identified as male and female because of their genetic material. And for certain types of trees, if you don't have two of them, if you don't have one of each gender of tree, they can't pollinate each other and you won't get any fruit from the trees. Oh, that's really interesting. I did not know that. Mm -hmm. Uh, this is the knowledge that comes from having one side of my family have a lot of farming <laughs> in the background. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's fine. Uh, so, uh, so bees. Fun, <laughs> yeah, fun fact. Um, they are on every continent except Antarctica, which I guess kind of makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, and fun fact kind of about that is... Where did I read it? I had a fun fact. Oh yeah, uh, like in some of the places they can be found, like living, it's like they can live in marshes, um, shingles, sand dunes, cliffs, like soft cliffs, health, uh, health wetlands, wetlands, chalk grasslands, quarries, gravel pits, seawalls, and even post-industrial land for some of the places that they can actually like survive in, which is really surprising that they can live in so many places, but they're still dying out. But that's that yeah that's sad but they can basically set up home wherever they like which is fun yes uh there's a few different types of bees including like honeybees and bumblebees and stingless bees and they live socially uh and well most of the species which is about 90 percent like mason bees and carpenter bees and leaf cutter bees uh, uh they live by themselves are uh, they're solitary so I didn't actually know that either before we did a bit of research that they were different. Like I thought all of them had like a colony and there was always a queen ant, but no, that's mainly a thing just with honeybees from what I found. So it it, it does depend. Like you mentioned, there's quite a few that live more solitary. Um, any mm. of the ones that live socially, um, they do live in some sort of hive um, that has broad care where you know everyone's caring cooperative broad care everyone's working together to take care of the babies there's a, a generally a central queen who is in charge of the hive um and so that's sort of the stereotypical beehive that we all picture where there there's the one female queen and then she has a couple of mates or whatever and that's how all the babies are born and most of the um bees are females who um are not fertilized they're the drones mm -hmm. yeah the ones that sort of go out and collect stuff mm -hmm. I, I think so yes and the the most one of the most well known when you think of a bee is the western honeybee or the mm. european honeybee which are the ones that make honey like the name suggests and yes. therefore, those are the ones that generally people use to keep for their beehives and things like that. Yeah, if you're beekeeping, you're, you tend to be keeping the ones that produce honey for, you know, commercial reasons. Also, small fun fact about honey, it can't spoil. I don't know how I remember that, but I learned it a long time ago that honey doesn't spoil. So It has, um, I'd have to look up more details on it, which would could potentially be another episode. But um, honey actually has antimicrobial properties, um, which is why it doesn't spoil if it's sealed correctly, because its mm. antimicrobial properties are strong enough that it will keep bacteria from growing. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. Um, that's also one of the reasons why they do make medical products that are made um, with honey, 
for like wound care and things like that because it's so they last longer no because of the antimicrobial properties oh because it gets rid of the bacteria gotcha Mm -hmm. gotcha yeah we use we have some at work i can't remember what the name of the product is is right now but we have Mm -hmm. some at the vet hospital i work at we don't have to use it very often because it's a very specific purpose (laughs) but it it can be useful um, and actually, I, I'm realizing now I misspoke. So the female bees that are non-productive and just do all the work, those are worker bees. The drones are the male bees um, that are fertile, and they, they're a very small population of the group, but they're the ones that actually breed with the queen to create okay, the next gotcha. generations and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, as we were sort of mentioned a little bit ago, um, they are sort of dying out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was an, an analysis in the UK across Britain from 1980 to 2013 that found that in, the insects have lost uh, have been lost from about a quarter of the places they used to inhabit in 1980, like when they do the censuses to check on everything. So that's sad. <laughs> it does. So. Unfortunately, they are starting to die off. Um, A lot of people may have seen or read or heard or whatever a few articles about that happening. So unfortunately, what has started to happen is that there's a lot of pesticides out there now, Mm -hmm. which were designed for, you know, what you would expect. They were designed to take care of pests and make sure that they don't infest the fields. The problem is that a lot of those pesticides are specifically insecticides. And bees are insects. Right. Now, granted, so, they're insects we like, but the problem is the the insecticides are not developed enough to target just certain pests and not the bees. Because they're too similar biologically. So, yeah. so basically they're landing on these insecticided uh, corns or flowers or whatever and it's it's causing them to to become infected and uh, and die off and then there are less collecting the free sources for you know like the, the hive in whole uh, as a general whole and so yeah that's the vicious cycle of it like, mm-hmm. they're going to keep running out of resources to keep everyone together which is yeah, and then there's also, uh, this one hasn't been in the news as much recently, but there was also um, the whole Africanization of the honeybee populations over here. Oh, I didn't hear about this. Oh, you didn't? Okay, so this must be a U.S. thing. Um, so, I'd have to look up where it started. Oh, that's going to bug me now. Okay, while you're doing that, I can just go over some characteristics of the bees because that's fun. Sounds good. Um, obvi- yeah, so obviously they are similar to um, wasps and I think we said moths earlier. Was it moths? No. Ants. Ants, sorry. Ants. Uh, I don't know why I've got wa- uh, moths in the brain. Uh, some of the differences that they have are they have a large pair of compound eyes, which is where they, the honey bee band, uh, honeycomb pattern comes from, like which we kind of know of. Like there, the eyes are... Big circles like with hexagonal, hex, hexagonal, hexagonal. There we go. Mm-hmm. I can say it. Hexagonal patterns uh, throughout the eye, um, and and they cover pretty much all of the head. Um, 
they're quite large and then there are some smaller eyes in between them and that provides information on light and their antenna usually have 13 segments in males and 12 in females and uh, and they are geniculate I don't know how to say that, but it basically means they have elbow joints uh, along uh, along their um, legs. Uh, it has a large number of senses uh, organs that can detect touch, smell, taste, smell, and hair like. Uh, make, uh, uh, oh, and yeah, they have like little sensors that can detect air movement, uh, so they hear sounds, which is also why you basically can't ever like bat any insects and stuff out because they'll feel the air moving from your hand before it'll get to them and they can zoom out of it. Uh, uh, the largest species of bee is thought to be Wallace's giant bee, uh, whose females can attain a length of 39 millimeters or about an inch and a half. And the smallest uh, species might be the dwarf bee, dwarf stingless bee, which are uh, 0.08 of an inch. No. Interesting. And I found the information I was looking for. <laughs> Woo! So um, there are bees that are referred to as Africanized bees. These particular bees were bred from a mix of the European honeybees and mm -hmm. African honeybee, honeybees, um, okay. specifically the East African lowland honeybee um, with a couple of different European subspecies. So... The reason this became a problem, um, and initially the idea behind them being crossbred was not a bad one. The East African um, honeybee produces more honey in tropical settings than the European honeybee, which isn't surprising since Europe is not tropical. So the person who was working on crossbreeding them, uh, where did his name go? I just had it was called um so it was a biologist working in in south america and his name was warwick e kerr and what happened is he had started breeding these species of bees together he was trying like i said to produce a bee that could make more honey in a tropical setting but he was doing it in a very controlled setting he had everything sealed off and he had put special screens on the exits to the hives and everything that he was using to make it so that the queen bees and the drones, so basically the two, the breeding pairs that could potentially spread the species, were trapped and couldn't leave the hives. Because he wanted to make sure they couldn't get out and go out and start breeding with the local population of bees because he knew... The African bees were more aggressive. So he, you know, he was trying to breed until he could get what he wanted, which was more honey, but not aggressive. Unfortunately, okay. unfortunately, um, in 1957, this was a long time ago, in 1957, October of 1957, um, a beekeeper who was visiting and didn't know, obviously, what the heck he was doing, <laughs> um, took out the screens that were keeping the queens and the male uh, drones from leaving the hives. Why would you do that if you're just visiting? He he took them out because he saw 
that the the screens they called them they call them excluders basically it was something small enough that it excluded the the queens and the um drones from getting out um they were making it harder for the worker bees to do their work so he decided it would be a good idea to take them out without asking why they were there i like that my biggest point here and i've never heard of you're visiting somebody's work area mm-hmm. and they have something set up and you just decide that I'm actually going to, that, that's not a great idea. Like, without even asking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, and considering what has happened since then, I don't imagine that he worked in the field for very much longer. Because... <laughs> you know, carry on, please. Um, after that happened... Um, he had a lot of hives because he was doing a lot of crossbreeding, a lot of, you know, trying to develop this new species that would work better. And, um... Yeah, like... 26 swarms got out. 26? hmm So, and how big is a quote-unquote swarm? Um... Or does it not say? Because I guess that's a bit... It's not specified. Ridiculous. But, um, 26 swarms of some of the bees that he was working on breeding and um, getting situated, um, they got out and they started crossbreeding with the local honeybee populations, which were based off of European bees. Over time, um, those colonies of mixed bees spread throughout South America, which is where this was happening. It was happening in Mm -hmm. Southeast Brazil. Um, so it spread from there all across like South America, Central America, and started making its way up into uh, up into Northern America. Um, yeah. And it has, in fact, hit um, parts of like Texas and Mexico. It's been found, they've been found in some regions of like Arizona and um, parts of California. But unfortunately, these uh, these African bees are much, 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 much more aggressive. Um, so normal honeybees, they might sting you once. Uh, Africanized honeybees are much more defensive of their hives, much more aggressive. And like comparatively, they will sting you like 10 more times than a regular honeybee. Oh, like they have a 10 times more likelihood chance of, st- of trying to sting you. No, like, if if you went too close to a beehive that was just European honeybees, um, as long as you left quickly enough, you might get stung once. Whereas, by comparison, if you walked near an Africanized honeybee hive, you wouldn't get stung once, you'd get stung ten times. Wow, that's... that's And they've been known to follow people up to a quarter of a mile away from their hive. This dude really screwed the pooch. <laughs> <laughs> he really did. Oh, he he messed up so bad. Um, they're right. they're decidedly more aggressive around their hives and more protective of it. They they do make a decent amount of honey, <laughs> but um, you yeah, know. But that's um. um they <laughs> so since they've become you know spread around the world, um, they are they're more reactive. They're more aggressive. They'll chase a person up to a quarter of a mile, mm-hmm. or more potentially, um, 
since they have been around, they have killed around a thousand humans. Um, with the average victim receiving about 10 times more stings than with European honeybees. Mm -hmm. um, they've also been known to kill horses and other animals that got too close to the hive. Uh, they are bad news. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You know, like, yeah. You, you know, you see the cartoons or like the movies where they make jokes about the, the swarm of bees chasing a person away from the hive. These guys will actually do it. Like, is... these are the scary cartoon bees. They will actually do it. That's quite terrifying. Mm -hmm. I'm very glad they're not over over here in Europe. Yeah. You, you, you can keep them. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, I, oh my, that, no, oh, I'm still, I'm still, I'm all, I'm annoyed at this guy, right? Because he, like, th this is science. Surely you should know not to sort of tamper with, like, experiments and stuff that's going on. You would think. Right? You would think. You would think. Well, I mean, we're a little over time for our break, so on that kind of Dower? No, I don't. No, not dower. No. Concerning? Aggressive. Yeah, concerning that. Thank you. We're going to go in for a break. Um, we'll be back afterwards and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about these. Alright. Hey guys, welcome to the mid roll. This is where we talk about uh, people that support the, the network and mm -hmm. who we love very, very much. Mm -hmm. um, Right. So like usual, I'm going to start off by talking about World Anvil. For anyone who hasn't checked out worldanvil.com, first of all, what are you doing? Second of all, <laughs> you really should. Um, for anyone who is trying to build up their world as an author or as a game master, anything like that, World Anvil is the most robust campaign management and world building software that's out there. And it's a fantastic website. It's run by amazing people. They're constantly putting out updates. They're constantly fixing bugs as they occur. Like they're constantly improving the product. And there's so many features that you can get even just signing up without any kind of a paid membership. Um, they've got all sorts of features like ways to link different individuals and what their relationship is. You can link people to locations. You can make maps. Like there's so many features that you can potentially have access to and we definitely recommend you check them out. It's worldanvil.com. You can sign up for free and get a lot of really amazing features. And then if you want to have access to even more features, you can pay to become a guild member. And there's a couple of different levels of membership there that gives you access to different things, but it's a fantastic website, an amazing product. We definitely recommend you check it out. Yeah, absolutely. We love them very much. Other people we love really, really much are the fine folks at Castle Die Hard over at dieharddice.com. Mm -hmm. They produce wonderful metal dice and polymer dice. They have loads of uh, different options where they have got their Spellwinder series with like two different colours. They've got their multi-class series where they have two interlocking pieces of D20, so you can have two sides of uh, different D20s together, which is super, super awesome. They have their uh, polymer dice which are now copying or not copying, using the moulds that they created originally for their metal dice mm -hmm. and they look just as good, great with uh, so many vibrant colour options they have amazing uh, accessories like their scroll of rolling which we're getting closer and closer to be able to use for actually what it's meant to be used for and they also have um, uh, their sort of uh, uh, metal meeples for like the um, game boards like Catan 
and uh, Ticket Ride and all that good stuff. If, if that's oh, and Stone Age, if that's your your jam, you can find so many awesome things on the website, and you can sort their dice from like color or class, or if you're D and D adjacent, like most of us are. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, if you use the code uh, nerdsmith-may, you will get uh, 10% off your next order. They have free shipping domestically for the US folks, and they have discounted uh, international shipping for people like me. So, uh, we really recommend that you check them out. Uh, you can go over and find them at dieharddice.com. We love them very much. And with that, we shall get back into talking about these. All right, everyone, welcome back from mid roll. Yeah, well, mid roll. <laughs> I know. We're, we're really good at that. Uh, I actually had something important that I wanted to talk about, um, but then we had the the disturbing thing about the African nice <laughs> bees, and it's basically just about the sort of the bees life cycle, um, specifically okay. the honeybee because it's the uh, sort of biggest population density of bees and yeah um so uh with their development uh the development from being like an egg which um is what they sort of start out as uh to an emerging bee varies uh from the, the queen's workers and the drones uh and uh they uh queens emerge from their cells in roughly 15 to 16 days workers it's about three weeks and drones it's about 24 25 days uh there's normally only one queen present in a hive and uh new virgin queens develop in enlarged cells through um feeding of royal jelly by workers uh, when the ex- existing queen uh, ages or, or dies or the, or the colony becomes very large a new queen is raised by the worker bees and when the hive is too large the old queen will take half of the colony with her swarm and then this and that's how they sort of produce multiple swarms mm-hmm. when they get too big for where they are one thing that i do think is really interesting about their life cycle also is that the queen bee um or a female bee can store um the sperm from the male bee after mating and later can use it to fertilize an egg and gets to determine at that time the sex of each individual egg as they're laying the eggs so they can they can basically control the gender makeup of the colony so that it is whatever they need it to be yeah uh so which is really cool and i kind of wish that humans had that as well Actually, I don't know about that. I don't know. I think knowing could be fun, but actually, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, also, as a yeah, sort of thing, um, most um, oh dear, uh, drones uh, they tend to die after they mate, or and if they don't die after they mate, they are uh, ejected uh, or sorry, expelled from the hive before the winter. Um, the average lifespan of a queen is about three to four years, which is kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And like I said, drones usually die upon mating, uh, if, or, and if they don't, they're expelled. So they live for about a season before they die. And workers may live for a few weeks in the summer and several months in areas with extended winter. Which I, I always assumed that they didn't live that long, but yeah. Yeah, they're they're not um they're not all super super long lived, but they definitely live longer than some insects. Um, and of course, most people who know about anything about bees at all, um, have 
probably heard something about them using dancing to communicate. So, oh yeah, yeah, I have heard about that. Yes. So, um, a an ethologist named Carl von Frisch, I might not one hundred percent be saying that correctly. He discovered back in like nineteen fifty three that um, honeybees use sort of a dance with set where the set moves direct the group of honeybees in the hive where to go find food or where there was, you know, something that happened. So they can, when they come back and they found a really good food source, they'll, they, they call it the waggle dance, but they'll basically move around and waggle around um, to form a, a particular shape. And that then tells the other bees where to go to look for a good food source. Okay, that's really interesting. I didn't know about that. Yes. Oh, right. Uh, I don't know if there's so much, so much else for us to cover. Like I said, we did kind of misjudge our mid-roll a little bit. <laughs> Which isn't new. We're, we're um, just trying to see if there's anything else that we could potentially look at. Uh, we've already talked about like their stinging, obviously, um, and you also mentioned that that it's used in uh, medicines to, to help with things. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean the honey definitely does get used. There's also a lot of, um, well, not a lot, but there's products uh, that involve like royal jelly, um, which is a uh, secretion they use to feed the babies and the larvae. Mm -hmm. Um, there's also, uh, beeswax. Beeswax gets used for a lot of things, and that's the wax they use to build up the cells of their hives. Um, you know, it, it gets used for candles, it gets used in chapstick, it gets used in so many products now. Mm. Um, there's also... I think this is weird, personally, but there are also people who use bee venom. Um, a bee venom? I didn't even know there was a bee venom to make. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then there's some people who claim that um, apitherapy, ape so basically bee products, mm -hmm. um, can even help treat cancer, but there's no real support for that. There's just people who claim it's the case. One of those kind of well, things. Uh, like a lot of people, like with um, herbal remedies and stuff, kind of falls into that kind of category. I can understand why some people would try it, but um, yeah. Yeah, well, and there's, so the thing about the bee venom is that it has an apit, it's called an apitoxin or honey bee venom. And yep. um, it produces, it, it can produce local inflammation. So there's things where um, people can potentially use it uh, for certain things i'm trying to find what i'm looking for i just had my notes and now they're gone um i don't know people do weird stuff that's basically what yeah this... true ain't that the truth <laughs> people are weird welcome to game so. mm -hmm. <laughs> um so yeah 
Um, I suppose another sort of interesting fact is they're also classed as edible insects and are some and some cultures eat them like fried and all that good stuff. Um, I can't say I'm super interested in eating a bee personally, but there are places that do. Um, uh, Indonesia is a specific one that does, and Ukraine also uh, fry them. Uh, in um, and yeah, uh, so yeah, lots of fun there. I think I found it. Okay. Okay. So bee venom. Okay, I'm reading from a medical journal for anyone who's interested. Um, where did my sentence go? There it is. Uh, bee venom contains several active molecules, such as peptides and enzymes, that have advantageous mm -hmm. potential in treating inflammation and central nervous system diseases, such as Parkinson's disease, Alzheimer's disease, and amyotrophic lateral sclerosis. Um, it also has shown promising benefits against different types of cancer. Like again, there's not a ton of proof for that, as um, as well as antiviral activity. So basically, they've discovered that bee venom could potentially be useful for treating certain diseases. And there's a lot of, uh, well, not a lot, but there's research going into it to determine how useful it is and how safe it is and that kind of thing. Fair enough. Well, I mean, no harm in researching it to see if it could work. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't recommend just trying to use feed venom no, for anything. No, no, don't go out and just get yourself stung. That's not what's going to help you. No, no that's just going to cause owies. Mm -hmm. um, I've only ever been stung by a bee once, by the way. Same. Well, I, actually, it was probably a wasp thinking about it because I don't believe the thing died afterwards. I was very young, so I can't quite remember. But I've only been stung by the sort of bee wasp family once. Yeah, I was stung once as a kid. I was um, I was running through the grass at school with sandals mm. on. And mm. all of a sudden, I felt something poking me in the foot. And it was really uncomfortable. But I didn't think anything of it because I was just running through the grass. So I thought I had, like, a stick poking me or something. Or, like, you know how you run through grass with sh sh sandals on and... Like you get stone stuck. Well, it, it definitely didn't feel like a stone. But it felt like maybe I was getting stabbed by, like, part of a weed or something. Okay, like it, sure. it was between my toes and I was like, eh, whatever, I'll deal with it in a second. But then when I took my sandal off, there was a bee. <laughs> um, so mine was definitely a honeybee or at least it looked like a honeybee, but it also didn't like actively try to sting me. I stepped on it. <laughs> okay. It, it well, like got it... stuck in my shoe. I probably like my shoe probably kicked forward and the bee got stuck inside my shoe off of the flower it was on. Could be. Um, I don't have anything else to add to the bee discussion. Like, uh, like I'm not a bee expert, so we've covered a little bit about bees, but there's probably plenty of more to cover. Do you I'm have sure. anything else to, to, to mention, or should we wrap um, up here? I will mention, I think it's important for people to note who are listening to this, like, we, we realized that we did not cover every single species of bee. We realized that we did not go into, like, minute, minute detail on bees, but keep in mind, we're trying to keep this podcast not like 60 million hours long. And mm -hmm. um, the fact is, there's so many different species of bees that if we talked about yeah, every single one, fact, we'd um, be here forever. Literally, there are over 16,000 uh, species of bee. 
So there was absolutely no way we could mm-hmm. uh, just go and talk through them because that would just be the podcast. We would list every, all the B. Yeah, we would. Um, seriously, we could spend an hour just listing all the names. So, so yeah, no, um, can't do that. Uh, if you want to learn more about bees, feel free to go and have a look. I wouldn't recommend looking at just the big list of the species unless you're, you know, planning on doing like a dissertation on bees. Which I mean, sure. Mm-hmm. And if you want to see something scary that involves bees, look up Africanized bees online, and then you know, you know, brace yourself. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure if I'm going to be doing that one. I've got to be honest. Yeah, it's not fun. Like it, they have um, like documentaries on the Africanized bees and they have I'm mm. sure there's something on YouTube somewhere but they're they're oh. really aggressive it's yeah. it's scary yeah. like I don't I I don't dislike bees but I'm not gonna seek out a hive of bees no, absolutely. um but like watching the Africanized bees is terrifying mm-hmm. so fun PSA to wrap up don't don't go looking and to annoy Africanized bees, Mm-mm. it'll it won't it won't end well for you. It's a bad idea. Bad idea. All right, but I think uh, we're gonna sort of bring this one to a close. Next month is Pride Month, mm-hmm. and as we did last year, we will be covering something uh, Pride related. But we're gonna leave that as a surprise because something else is also potentially going to be talked about then as well mm-hmm. and i think that's as much as i can say <laughs> that yeah so that was the same amount. You, yeah that was like a very small teaser that we've got something cool to talk about next week not next oh i made it so far through next episode <laughs> <laughs> oh. so uh please feel free to join us for our pride month um topic and until then we will see you very soon and we hope you're all doing well Oh, I suppose if you want to give us more topics, like this one was suggested to us, you could go into the Nerdsmith Discord, which you can find at nerdsmith.org, where we hang out pretty much all the time and have a suggestions um, um, channel. That's what it's called, a channel. Mm-hmm. So you can talk to us about whatever you'd like for us to talk about. So, yeah, like we've talked about bees today. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And that was a suggestion. We're happy to hear more. Absolutely. All right. Thank you for listening, guys. And we will talk to you all in a couple of weeks in May. No, June. Wow, (laughs) this year's going fast. (laughs) All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Geek Thyself. Don't forget to check out all the other amazing content on the Nerdsmith Network. If you have any questions for either of us, you can get in contact with us on Twitter at geek underscore thyself. You can also email us at geek thyself at nerdsmith.org and please don't forget to go to itunes and leave us a review or also go anywhere you listen to your podcasts we'll be back next week with another informative and fun episode and until then don't forget to geek thyself geek thyself